Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Welcome to Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business in Western New York. And as always, we have a great person to interview. We have a great interview with us. We have Nancy Shea, owner of Graceful Warrior Yoga. So, but by the way, say hi, Nancy. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I love being in a yoga studio. It's awesome. It's, It's very unique. It's like state of the art. So, Nancy, I want you to brag about yourself, as always. I want you to, I want to give you permission to talk about yourself. And so what should our listeners know about you? That I love yoga, obviously. That's a no, no-brainer. But um, how it happened, and um, I'm 51 years old. So, you know, um, I'm not a young yogi. I'm sort of like a uh, middle-of-the-age yogi. But I've been doing it for about over 20 years, yoga. Um, I actually owned my own business with my ex-husband for about 16 to 18 years, and this came into the second part of my life. Um, I have massive background in all different lineages, Bikram, Ashtanga, Mysore. I have um, Hatha and Baptiste. I have um, a lot of trauma-informed, and I just got certified to do prison yoga. So that's the trauma-informed aspect of it. And I also do SUP which is stand-up paddleboard. So I'm very active. Um, I have a background in Taekwondo and also Pilates. So, so, I, so don't mess with Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And it all transformed me into the Graceful Warrior. So yeah, so that's how the name came up. Um, a lot of stuff I went through in the past brought me to know that um, in yoga, it's about soft and hard. So you had to go through the hard and when you do that, you either can come out more hard or you learn how to become soft mm-hmm. in the world. So it's really taking what you learned in your experiences. Mm. And so I knew that I needed to bring this to other people. Um, and it was sort of like my calling. Yeah, that's good. So when did you start doing yoga? It was what, 15 years ago, you said? No, over 20. So first initial yoga class, didn't really know what I was doing. It was with an Iyengar teacher in Western New York, uh, East Meets West it's now. Anita Graber, she was my ultimate favorite to this day. Um, And I went in and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I did realize at that moment when I left the class that I I was actually doing, yoga was actually what had happened to me as a child naturally. So as I was going through the asanas or the postures as they would be called, I realized that this was just a natural movement in my body that was just being reintroduced to myself. So so I almost felt like I went back home. And as you are, as a child, I would just naturally do wheel or, you know, the stretches. And so it was just so comforting to me to come back to this at an adult age that I knew instantly that this was going to be in my life. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Nancy. And why don't you talk about your journey up into opening up this business? Why don't you talk about like 
the pre-yoga Nancy, if you don't mind me, in terms of, I should say, pre-yoga entrepreneur Nancy. Correct. Yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah, so um, I had gone through a really bad uh, mar- or divorce, and, and during that process, I owned my own business, but I was the only, uh, I was the single woman in the family business that was all auto mechanics and men. So it was really just myself with a lot of men. So that itself was a challenge. But after having done that, I realized that there was a lot of male, masculine, feminine energy in everybody. Mm-hmm. So in order to relate to my employees, I had to tap into that. And, and it was fascinating. So what happened, looking back, I realized that I did that. And then as I came forward, when I was going through uh, the divorce and a lot of other things that were coming along at the same time, I was doing Bikram. And Bikram yoga is a, method, a style that is in 104 degrees for 90 minutes, and you do the same asanas every single time, twice. So it's very intense, and it's not for everybody, obviously, but it was exactly what I needed at that time because it matched what was going on in my life. So I would go to this yoga class every day, and then I'd come out and I'd go into the parking lot and a lot of emotions came up and I would get through it. I'd cry, I'd do whatever I had to do. Then I'd go home and I was great for my kids. So it really saved my life. And it took me from a path I probably could have went to destruction, but it gave me into a very healthy way of dealing with what I was dealing with. So every day I'd go for that, probably for about six years. And it just kept me in such a balance that it became me. So that was what I did. And then I went into Taekwondo because I was very sort of like beaten down, like emotionally, mentally. And it just empowered me in such a way that it created this whole energy um, language that I learned, that I realized my energy was so depleted during this that you, it was like a slow death, I would call it, when I would look back. So these new things that I was doing had me empowered and, you know, I was lifting my head up and I was looking at people and I was connecting with their energy instead of their words. Mm -hmm. So it really was so empowering for me and it really brought me to who I am today and I couldn't not do it. There's a moment where it just was never a question. It was just who I was. So everything that I did in life just kept taking me to this. And I began to learn to look at the signals around me and not get so stuck in my head. But I started listening to what was in my gut. And every time I didn't, there was an obstacle. Mm. That's good. So when did you think, so clearly you really love doing this. So (laughs) when did you think I can turn this into a business and do my own, like do my own thing? Quite frankly, it was probably, I didn't really think that it sort of just happened for my own studio. Is that what you're asking? The studio part? Yeah. When did you start thinking like, hey, I can do this for like, instead of doing what I was doing before, I can actually do what I, like, I love doing this. It's changed my life. I want to do this as a business. Yeah. So as a business, I would say that I started teaching and it wasn't going to make me any money. You said do it for the love. People, yoga teachers don't do this because they're going to make a ton of money. They do it because they really want to help people and connect. What the business aspect came in was it sort of came up unexpectedly and I sort of was a chance happening that I had moved to Clarence, New York um, after my sons had graduated from college. Um, I moved in with my partner and 
he lived in Clarence, so I had to move everything into there. And so I thought, well, this is a good platform to jump off. And I was a recruiter, an executive search recruiter after my, and, a bank, and I did some banking um, bef after the divorce. So this was sort of like, I'm gonna just try this and see what happens with it. So I was in a new town and I jumped around a little bit with some of my really close friends. He gave me some space to rent. Didn't work so much, a Taekwondo owner. Um, and he, it didn't work because of the, uh, in Shavasana you need a lot of silence. Mm -hmm. And the kids were running around, it was great, but that was their, that's their outlet. So I said, thank you, but no thank you. So I started looking around and a girl that um, I had inquired about a space just by driving by and looking at the number and calling it, and it was too, too much rent. So I just let it go and I just went into another space that didn't work out for me, the energy was negative. And then I was just floating around going, oh, what am I gonna do now? And I actually decided to go back to my recruiting, which I love, or executive search consultant, as they call us now, um, which I do love doing that, but um, this is my love, obviously. Um, and he, the girl called me and said, did you inquire about a space um, a while ago? I go, yeah, a long time ago. And she said, he really wants to talk to you. He thinks you're a good fit here. Mm -hmm. So really, I drove by and I came and I looked at it and it was, like all concrete and we started talking and literally within a month I was open like it was like if I am driving 40 minutes to get to my own practice because I was because I because I wasn't going to settle mm -hmm. I needed to go to a studio that spoke to me because mm -hmm. yogis are like that mm -hmm. I was driving so far and I'm like well if I'm doing this then there must be other people doing this and maybe, or maybe not, but I do know that I'm not finding a studio that gives me everything that a community should have. Mm -hmm. All different modalities, not just a power and not just a, a yank, not just gentle. Mm -hmm. I wanted everybody in the community to be able to walk into a place, simplistic, get in, walk in, and have the energy be, and be open for, and receptive to what the community needs. Mm -hmm. So that means gentle, that means restorative, that means power, that means slow flow, that means children's, that means seniors down the road, everybody. So within a month, we just went to work and I just pulled it together and and I got here. And that's, that's really how quickly so it happened. Really, so it really yeah. wasn't expected like, no. yeah, at all. That's funny how that works no. sometimes. So obviously you opened and things are going great. But what are a few mistakes that you think, maybe not, maybe not just in this location, but what are, so what I guess I'm asking, what are some mistakes that you think you made during that whole process that you wish that you didn't? During this process or in, in different businesses in my life? Um, whatever you feel like you yeah. want to talk about. Okay, because I don't really feel like I've had any mistakes now because I'm on my path. Mm -hmm. So when I say I don't believe there's mistakes, I, I would say I would basically didn't follow my instinct. Like if I look back, when I allowed other people to talk me into doing something, it always turned out wrong. Always, 100%. In my gut, I knew it, but I wasn't strong enough. And I had the society saying, you gotta be a good girl, you gotta be nice, you can't be this, you're a woman, you shouldn't be, you know. It was a lot of that chatter, and all along, it was wrong, because I definitely had more. I'm like what they call an empath, so I don't hear, and as a child, I thought it was a weakness because my mother was a tough lady and I was a very sensitive young girl. So crybaby, like stuff like that. 
which you wouldn't look at me and think that, right? Right. But in reality, that's the truth. And so when somebody walks in, I feel them. I don't hear, like they're talking, of course I hear them. But what's more overpowering is I can feel what they're feeling and saying, which is hard sometimes as a teacher because you have to really contain it in a way that you're taking on a lot of energy. And as I got older and I understood that that was a powerful thing and I would speak out like with my ex-husband in business deals, I'd get a lot of eye rolls because I was the only woman in the room, you know, stuff like that. And I felt, and I'd shower down, I'd cower down. And then finally I spoke and it, it was, I was right. And then it just kept going and I'm like, mm, there's something here. Mm -hmm. And by the way, my name's on everything. So you're going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so basically, you know, I love that like, you're following your intuition and your heart versus just what other people are saying. And that's so tough to do in today's world because we have so much social pressure. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's so tough. So like, it's so cool that you learned that. And it's so cool that you, you follow your heart because often we know the next steps that we should be taking. We know what we should be doing. We know what our heart, that's what we're supposed to do. You can call it intuition. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But we don't follow that. So it's so cool that you do that. So for those, for, for the people that are listening, what advice do you have for those that are like, I want to follow my tuition. It's really hard. It almost sounds, I don't want to say the word insane, but it's completely against the grain. It's almost upside down to what most, yeah. So what, what, what advice yeah, do you have? That's really hard. And that's why I say take yoga. And <laughs> I will say that in all reality though, not just yoga, but something that brings you out of you're in between your ears is what I say. And my students will tell you that. Get out from in between your ears mm. and listen to your breath. Breathe in, feel what your body's feeling first. So every time you think you're going to do something, train yourself to stop and think about the moment before you made that decision, what your body was feeling. Because mm -hmm. it's not always the same. What happens is we feel it first in our gut. Mm -hmm. But we're so in tune to listening to what I want that person to think about me or I want this outcome and having that wanting that control over your outcome, mm. which is all BS. You don't have any control over it. You might momentarily, but in the end, anything that's supposed to happen is going to come around. You're just stagnating it. Mm -hmm. You're putting a block in. So if you can train yourself to go one, catch yourself before you make a decision and say, what was I feeling right before, right before I made this decision in my head? If it doesn't match, follow your gut. Mm -hmm. Like instantly you come up with something, instant. Like mm -hmm. somebody says something to you, you instantly feel something, but we're not trained to connect to that. We are so in the outside world. So get into a place where you just slow down and take three seconds and say, what am I feeling? And if somebody's trying to get you to do something quick, 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 big stop sign, stop. Take a moment, relax your shoulders, take a breath and feel what does, what does this feel like to me? Mm -hmm. It will tell you 100% all the time what you're feeling. And then the hard part is this. So many times I still did it anyway. Mm -hmm. So to train yourself is to know that you can trust, feel the fear, stand in it. That moment will pass. When you open your mouth and say no or say, this is what I think, you become vulnerable. 
But you have to realize that when other people are vulnerable, you don't look at them with negativity. You think that they're pretty cool for doing that, right? Absolutely. So why don't we do that ourselves? Because it's hard. And in that moment, you're like, I'm exposed. I'm being exposed. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. Hey, really quick. If you love what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review and rate it. It takes 10 seconds, but it means so much to me. Let others know about it. If you know a Western New York entrepreneur who is killing it right now and should be interviewed, please introduce them to me. Again, I want to keep this thing going, so please leave a review and share it on your social media platform of your choice so others know about this. That's so good. And as entrepreneurs, you always want to have the right answers, the right words, or especially, you know, once we hit a a certain quote unquote success level. So for me, at least for me, I'll speak for me. Sometimes silence is tough. For example, you know, I guess I have the wrong stigma of yoga before I met you, which is cool. And so (laughs) for me, I was like, I don't want to be quiet. I don't want to sit there. And I almost felt like it was really just for a bunch of, to be honest with you, moms who just wanted to to have a social hour, if you will, or to just, uh, you know, get away from the kids for an hour. So for yeah, so why don't you elaborate on that, that, that for those that, that have that stigma? Or, yeah. And I also want you to answer this question. So, so many people, at least I'll speak for me, have a hard time sitting in silence. We're afraid to be alone with our thoughts, especially as entrepreneurs, because when we have 18 things going on, or how, you know, I don't have time to be quiet. I have to make move after move or decision after decision. So what, what, what do you have to say about that? So I say that it was interesting, your wording. You said, I'm afraid to be with my thoughts. The word afraid, mm-hmm. right? Well, somebody else wouldn't answer that that same way. So that's interesting because that's something you should pay attention to. What are you afraid of in your thoughts? Other people just say, I can't close my mind down. Like I, it's chatter, it's monkey, monkey talk, monkey brain. So what I say to that is how you can not afford not to because your life is so crazy hectic. And I go into the nutrition part of it too, where your adrenal system is so amped up in such a level, your, your sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic, it's just crazy, you gotta level it out. When you're coming into with, with you have to be confident that if you're coming in to do yoga, number one, it's extremely hard. People come in here and are blown away as to how hard a yoga class is. But if the teacher is skilled, they will bring you through the journey where they will ground you, you are in their hands and they hold space for whatever needs to come up. That doesn't mean that, that you're gonna get coddled. It means that she needs to pull you, or he needs to pull you through a journey from the beginning to the end. So I have to start out bringing the energy together and letting you feel comfortable by letting go and that you're in a safe space. Once that happens and I bring you through this amazing workout mm-hmm. and you're, you're meditating whether you like it or not. You don't even know you're doing it. <laughs> so it's in, in increments. And then you keep coming and then it gets easier. And then it's just about me. I'm just a tool here. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guide. We're the same. There's nothing about me that's different except that I have been taught how to connect verbally, maybe even physically, even energetically, on a level that brings you to where you are safe to just be on a mat for an hour and let nothing else in the world matter. Get a great workout and then I leave you floating away because in Javasana, you round it up and you, you like put the big bow on the package and then you leave and you don't know why it feels different. Mm-hmm. But 
The next day you sleep good. The next day works easier. You're calmer. Bigger, more take clarity. A breath. You can breathe. You take your first breath maybe ever in a yoga class because you're breathing past your neck. Your body is actually feeling breath. It's just an amazing thing. And then you just want more and you want more. So the meditation part, it happens naturally and you don't have to worry about it because it might be for a minute, for two, but you've done it. And then you can never say you haven't done it. That's really good. And I want to flip the script really quick okay. or just uh, to go off something because Believe it or not, it's been 20 minutes already. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so we like, you know, we want to keep it to like 30 minutes here. But yep. and it's things because we have so much to talk about. <laughs> we just have so much. Like ah, we'll have a, like a 10 part series. On yeah, yoga. this is part one. This is part one. <laughs> okay. So what has been like your best story of being a business owner or an entrepreneur? Like what? Like what's your best story? Do you have? Because I, I'm sure you have somewhere. What okay. is your best story? Okay, so my best story, I would say, is when I owned the um, the company with my ex-husband, and I was I'll go back to that that um, excerpt we were talking about on following your gut, and so I had two young sons, and I've always felt like I was brought up in a way where you just don't suffer fools gladly. So like, get to the point and let's do this, and I got stuff to do, kind of thing, which can come across as like. I'm simple in my, what I say, but I say it and I'm, you know, there's not much more to it. I don't have a lot of fluff mm -hmm. um, when I'm in business. So it was a very masculine attitude. So I was at a big board meeting and there was all men, my attorney, a realtor, the other end, whatever. And there was a guy at the front of the table and my kids were going to get off the bus from school. So I had to leave. So. I'm like sitting there and he just kept talking and I looked at him and without a filter, I go, you're not the yes guy, are you? Because <laughs> I knew, like in my gut, I knew it, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize it came out. It's like one of those moments where I'm like, he's, he's not the that yes guy. Bold, and Nancy. Yeah, and you're not gonna, like you're wasting my time basically. Mm -hmm. And I need to talk to the guy who would say yes or no to us. So like everybody's head turned <laughs> and looked at me, my attorney, everybody. And then they was rolling their eyes. The guy got really red in the face. And then I knew I was right. Mm -hmm. So that was my best moment where I said, you, like, even though I, wasn't, I had no filter, I was right. I was right on. So it made me realize. And then I got in a lot of trouble after that. But I was right. And he wasn't the guy. And he did have to go. And then everybody got flustered. And the interesting thing about it was that in the next meeting, I said, don't, I'm not coming back here unless you have the person who can answer us because I have a lot to do and with all due respect. Mm -hmm. And I left and sure enough, when we had the second meeting, because they were interested, we thought the deal was blown. They did. He brought, who happened to be his father, a mm -hmm. um, big deal. Like he was mm -hmm. a big deal in town and he came into the meeting and it was like, well, I had to really learn, like maybe I wasn't so so weak or, or stupid. Maybe mm -hmm. what I was thinking was true. That was my best that made me realize my strength and not only that but to trust mm -hmm. that I the roll the eye rolls and everybody like looking at me like why are you talking and you're here just to sign the paper you know that kind of stuff I realized that I was putting that out I was allowing that to happen mm. I gave it power yeah. and the minute I took it back even by mistake 
it triggered something in me that made me put go on a path that tuned into understanding that it was everybody's insecurities. Nobody really knew in that room. Nobody knew. They all pretended they knew what was going on, but they didn't. I was the one who really felt it and knew mm-hmm. it. That was your boss lady movement. Uh, it moment. was boss. Yeah, exactly. That boss lady. Yeah, moment. yeah. That's good. And so. Obviously, you were a single mom for a part in your your life. So, so there there are plenty of listeners that are either a single mom, single dad, or or and even a single mom or a single dad, but the husband or wife are working. You know, sometimes they work opposite schedules, and they're trying so hard to to have it all together, or they're trying so hard to really just move forward in their entrepreneur, basically reach their goals and dreams. What advice do you have for them? Yeah. So my advice to that, and I think about this a lot, and my other girlfriends who are divorcees and did this, were in the same boat. The one thing I say is less is more when it comes to the kids. Um, I just kept saying my my one mantra was always, "How we do? How are we doing? I'm taking the temperature, guys. I'm taking the temperature. How are we doing?" I had sons who didn't talk a lot. I could feel if something was wrong. I kept saying, keep it simple. Not a lot of rules, but the rules I had were about moral morality, about in life, what gets you, like once you're a jerk, you're a jerk. You could have a billion dollars. You're never not going to be a jerk if you turn out to be a jerk. So my whole rule to them was don't be a jerk, which actually I said another expletive, but, but they know we'll it keep very it well. PG, yeah, it. exactly. They know it very well. Don't lie. Because every time you lie, the minute you open your mouth, you have a question mark next to you. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, if you make a mistake, clean it up. Don't carry that around you for all those years. Clean it up quick. Be a man. Because I have sons. So that was very simple rules. But if they didn't follow them, I was right on them. I didn't have a lot of outside rules. like. Where are you going to be? I would check in. Yeah, I had them a little bit, but I knew intuitively that we were going through a really hard time and that they needed to have control Instruction. over their life. Mm-hmm. And I knew that a lot of people, when they go through a divorce, they try to control everything, thinking they don't want their kids to be hurt. But I knew intuitively the opposite. I needed to give them control of what over what was happening where I could and so I did. That's no that's really good because I don't have any perspective on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. at all. So I think so that's awesome because there are so many listeners that needed to hear that. They needed some guidance or they sometimes they're they're doing something that's really great, but they just need that um affirmation. Yeah. One more thing and then I'll make it quick though. Yeah, I want because I I want to swing it around to answer your question. And on top of that what I taught them as an entrepreneur was that when I couldn't be somewhere, it wasn't because I didn't love them. It was because I'm doing this and this is what I love. And there was a, it was a point where my ex wanted my sons to go into the business and I put my foot down and I said, they're going to do whatever they want because that was my fight. Mm-hmm. That they could, and they are, by the way. So my son's in Montana. He's living in the parks. I mean, he's outdoorsy. He's living his life, not making a ton of money, but joy. But I had to fight for that for mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, I taught them that, like, I'm going for what I want, and I don't. It's not that I don't love you, but I have to work hard. No, that's so good. And so many times as entrepreneurs, 
you know, I, I just, this isn't my perspective. I've just seen it from so many other entrepreneurs that are in our families or a mother, a dad, whatever, that we also think that we set, we separate business from family, but often we're influencing our family, even not even realizing it subconsciously, yes. we're, we're, we're influencing them through our decisions, how we're treating our employees or people or customers or how we come home and take our baggage or our work home with us. And sometimes we're not even realizing, but we're basically saying our business is more important than our family or vice versa. Like we can develop our families through our entrepreneurship. Correct. Do you want to add anything to that? Yes. No, I, right on. Like right on. 100%. Yeah. Because I mean, that's it. I, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I don't know. Yeah. So one of the, so we only have a few minutes left here, but what were some of the biggest influences or influencers in your life? Yeah. Um, probably, you know what? That's a hard one to say because I, I would say that women who have to start over and do it, the entrepreneurs who start a business and really don't have any background in it and launch off and jump and jump into the arena, as I said, and that's a big thing with me, is like, if you're not in the arena with me and you're not doing it, I don't wanna hear from you. It's a mm. great, um, the arena, Teddy yeah, Roosevelt, they, they, they dare that, that poem, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, it is right on, and I follow that. Like, if you are talking to me and, and criticizing, or even trying to influence. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, show me where you are. And if you are at my equal, being out there, being vulnerable, going for it, then maybe we'll have a conversation. If you're not, and you just want to criticize and not lift me up, I don't have the time. That's really so don't. good. And like one of the best advice I've ever heard, it wasn't even given me directly, but it says, take very few opinions. And it's so good. And like you just said, that sparked that in me. And I love that because so many times we take advice from people that are not in the arena with us or we let them influence or sometimes he'll give opinions we're not even asking for. Well, let me tell you what you should do. <laughs> let me tell you what you should do. And I'm like, but you have no background that you're not in the arena with me using your words and you're trying to influence me. And it doesn't mean we can't listen to him, but we have to take it with a grain of salt. And we should be as entrepreneurs. We should surround people who are with us in that same arena, in that yeah, same circle. And they're, yeah. they're with us because they understand the risk. Yeah. They understand the what's at stake. And it's the different animal, but it's the same. It's, it's business is a business is a business. It may look different, but we're all trying to create this thing that our love and passion. Don't get into business if you don't have a passion for it because that'll fire you. Then you just got to maneuver, right, as an entrepreneur. Pivot, shift. Listen, be aware, listen to, don't be so, take it so personal. Know that it's about them, not you. You're giving a gift. Your passion gives somebody a gift. Give it to them and don't expect anything back. That's what a gift is. So listen to them, don't take it personal and shift and pivot. If it's not landing with them, move. It might bring you to a place that you have never experienced. Don't know everything, know that you don't know. Mm. That all those cliches, it's so important, but to truly live it. That's so good. That's so good. And like, and, and like, I hope people take what you just said in this podcast because I love it. I hope they take it not just from knowledge, but I hope it transfers to their heart, right? which I call revelations, right? Yeah. Often we know what we should do or we know something that's yeah. really, ooh, that hits us, but it, you know, our actions yes. are all the flow of our hearts. I hope it hits their heart so the actions yeah. overflow of that. So, overflow of that. So, that being said, unfortunately, that's really all the time we have today. And so for people that I know there's so many boss lady entrepreneurs are going to want to connect with you. Oh, good. So, <laughs> I, would so love I mean, at least, I mean, if they're, they're smart, they will. So that being said, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, well, you can actually just go on my website, uh, gracefulwarrioryoga.net, or you can uh, text me 
Yeah. Yeah, go for yeah, it. All right. Uh, just, you know, whatever you feel comfortable yeah, giving. You're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not obligated. You're yeah, just invited. No, 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 to. no. I would love it. I, actually, I would love it. Um, it's 417-3932. So 716 yep. and say a little slower. Okay. 716, area code 417-3932. I love it that you're just willing to put yourself out there. Because some people are like, oh, I just put my number on the air. That's a little, it could be a little scary. But for that being said, like, this is just so cool that, again, we're just influencing the Western New York entrepreneurial yeah. thing. And... I, I can just can't wait to share this podcast with people. It's going to be great. So thank you so much for being a part of oh, this. Oh, gosh, I loved it. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Dave. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to WNYEntrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.